Blog Talk Radio. Talk. I'm your host, Janice Tunnell, for today, June 22nd. We thank you guys for tuning in with us. Uh, we are excited about tonight's um, show. <clears throat> and I just want to remind you guys that are listening, if you give us a call at 914-803-4399, you can get your comments and questions on. Um, also, just want to um, let everyone know, uh, for those of you who are popping up on the phone lines again, um, you can call with your comments or questions, but you have to make sure that you choose the option to speak with the host, okay? Again, that number is 914-803-4399. Um, let me turn it over to Denise so that she can greet you guys as well. Good evening, everybody, and thank you again, as Janice said, for joining us today on Beauty Talk. We are happy to have you all. And we're happy and excited about the guests that we have today. So um, I don't want to spend any extra time just babbling about how happy we are. <laughs> but thank you guys again for joining us. And we, um, we look forward to your feedback on today's show. Absolutely. Our guest today is an award-winning uh, makeup artist, beauty expert, um, and educator, and she's based in London, and she's been dubbed the Melanin Specialist. I'm so excited to talk about that. Um, please welcome to Beauty Talk, Joy Adenuga. Hello. Hi, and Joy. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Why don't we jump in the conversation by you just introducing yourself to our listening audience and telling us a little bit about how you became a makeup artist, a little bit about where and where you're from. Okay. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Joy Adenuga. Um, I'm a professional makeup artist based in the UK. Um, so how I started, um, I'm originally from Nigeria. And I think my start is a bit different from most makeup artists in the sense that I never enjoyed wearing makeup on myself. I prefer seeing my work on other people. Um, so I think that was when I, um, I believe the calling started. But at that point, being a makeup artist was not really a thing. Um, and I had a very good job at that time. So I just, you know, left it as a hobby as it was. 
it wasn't until I relocated to the UK to join my family after my wedding, I began talking about it again. And, you know, my husband was, you know, why don't you just go for it? Like you keep talking about this thing. So <laughs> I ran to it and know you tried and talking about it every evening. So, um, and again, I, again, I'm, I don't believe in, I would say I don't believe because I think everyone has different ways they learn. Um, yes. With me, I wasn't watching on YouTube to watch. I wanted to be taught like proper basics, like the foundation of makeup, not just, you know, um, how to do blue eyeshadow or just the standard thing that was taught well then on YouTube. So I did go to like a proper makeup school to learn the basics of uh, makeup. But even then, I don't know, there's just something about working on other people, even working with different textures, different ethnicities, different features, you know, I just, working on my own face, I just feel it's boring. Like I see myself every day and there's nothing too like amazing about it. But when I'm working, with somebody else, especially someone I've never met, your face like new, like a new face, a new skin, new everything, and there's this excitement that builds up with me. Um, yeah, so that's like a foundation of how I started. So let me ask you. So, can you talk a little bit about the differences and similarities? of women in Nigeria versus women in the UK, um, women of color, let's, let's be um, specific, women of color in the UK and in Nigeria and their, their ideas about beauty and, and makeup? Okay. Now, this is a, mm, I'm not sure how to put this into perspective because when I started, I never did makeup in Nigeria. So okay. I, yeah, so I rather did makeup um, for Nigerians based in the UK or Nigerians that came in to the UK. It was the location of their destination wedding, if that makes any sense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But what I would, and even until now, there's still a couple of, um, Nigerian women that won't book me because my makeup is still classified as being too simple. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because mm-hmm. um, back home, I wouldn't say it's the majority, but um, they do like a good taste. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they do like a good face beat. While here in the UK, the, well, the ones that book me anyway, um, they like it a bit more toned down, and again, I think they respect my style. And the ones that come to me, my style of makeup, and that's why I said some of them won't book me because I don't do the whole proper face beat with like a lot of coverage, eyebrows on fleek, you know, contour on fleek, you know. I'm not gonna right. write one because I've had brides that would book me for their white wedding 
what won't book me for the traditional because the traditional um, wedding makeup is a lot heavier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they just believe that I will not be able to do it because I'm so light-handed. Which is a shame because I'm like, it doesn't matter. I can do like yeah. I want, but yeah. you know, I can't you know force them to you know pick me. But I do get the traditional mm-hmm. wedding, but a lot of them because they tell me so when they come for trial, like, oh, I got someone else for my traditional wedding because I just felt like you'll be able to work with you know I wanted like you know bright usual pink on my eyes I wanted like mm-hmm. and I just felt you wouldn't be able to meet the brief so I'd rather hire you for my white wedding so I get that mm-hmm. a lot so, you know, that's kind of funny that you say that because it's like when pe- and so and so a lot of times we get the same thing because we do makeup for film and television and mm-hmm. so you know the you know depending on what the character is the makeup could be anything um yeah. but for the most part it's 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 pretty much like you know having the same hand as you you know the makeup is is not like over the top or anything like that it's not heavy heavy contouring and and stuff yeah. like that and so so when people when people know that, that that you do makeup for film and TV, they just assume that you can't take it there. Yeah. And I think that's ridiculous because you're a makeup artist. Exactly. Don't just assume someone can't do something. You know, ask them or ask to see their work or ask for a trial, yeah. you know? And to be okay. fair, I've tried. That's why most times, as much as my signature look is something quite clean, once in a mm-hmm. while I've like get a model and do something that is quite bright just to show me mm-hmm. that brown is not my favorite color. Like that's not the only color I have in my yes. skin. <laughs> 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 work with other colors. So once in a while I bring out like, you know, my electric palette from Urban Decay and just something quite bold and, you know, just to showcase that look, I love colors too, but Obviously, I can't put the colors on my client. They have to tell me that's what they want. So to balance, so if my page doesn't look a bit too one-dimensional, once in a while, I do tend to right. do like multiple tests just to showcase something else I can do other than what right. people um, know me for. Right. Right. That's, that's very smart. That's very smart. Um. In your opinion, what is it about your work that makes you sought, so sought after, especially in bridal? I think it's my, um, I consider myself as someone that has, that, that's light-handed. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't even realize I was light-handed until I started doing my one-on-one. Because they would look at me like, oh my God, you are so light-handed. Like, I can't believe you just applied that. It looks full coverage, but this is, I, I, there's a difference between seeing your work on Instagram and seeing it in person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so light, but it's that effortless finish that it, it looks like I've... And that's why I tell people, you can actually achieve full coverage without even looking full coverage. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. you do not... Yeah, so that's one thing I realized that people struggle with and something I don't really struggle with because there are ways of, especially foundation application. 
Um, mm-hmm. so I think my thing is just that light-handed about uh, with the way I apply makeup in general, not just the foundation. I'm talking about the eyes, eyebrows, literally everything. Contour, highlight, mm-hmm. like I tell my clients, like this whole been taken out of contest. Highlight and contour is supposed to be an illusion on the face. Right. Mm-hmm. Make them cheekbones make it look like you know you've just done some killer workout for the past three weeks at the gym. <laughs> You're right. not meant to stare at somebody and see two landing stripes down someone's nose. Right. You know. Yeah. So yeah. Basically, just. Thinking, that's literally how my thought process works when I'm doing makeup, when I'm applying, you know, products. Like, when I'm applying makeup, I have two things in my head, how it looks like in real life and how it photographs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the, that is literally what I have in my head when I'm working on anybody, be it model, be it a bride. It has to look good in person. It has to look good on camera. You know, so I spend a lot of time on skin. It doesn't take me that long to do, but I just love nice, you know, beautiful, flawless skin finish. Yes, absolutely. That is one of my, um, my, the favorite part of makeup. I actually love doing. So I think when when, when we go back to the um, question of what, I I just think it's just being light-handed, but still able to meet the Mm -hmm. brief while not chucking my entire foundation palette on someone's face. <laughs> and you know what? The thing that I like about your style and this, when people are light-handed, it's something that, you know, it's natural, but it's also very classic, and it's timeless. So, mm-hmm. you know, you will be able to do that now. You'll, it'll still look perfect and, and, and current, in 20 years from now, when exactly. you see some of the heavy stuff that people are doing right now, people will be able to identify that with a particular time period. You'll hear, exactly. you'll hear the words Instagram mentioned, and 20 years from now, that's going to be something that's going to be hopefully talked about and not yeah. still necessarily going on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Sometimes with people with a heavier beat, it's fine. But sometimes, sometimes it's just over the top, and you wonder. You, I feel like sometimes people or artists are looking at what's going on on Instagram, and then everybody's trying to do the same thing, and so you really can't identify one artist from the next. Yeah, I think yeah. Um, that is why that. Even notice I said when I'm doing makeup, two things I think about: how it looks in person and how it photographs. My problem with Instagram makeup is they are heavily focused on how it photographs because everyone mm-hmm. proper full coverage photographs beautifully. Mm-hmm. Take the camera yeah. away, remove the Photoshop, and you're like a hot mess. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is my problem. Instagram makeup it's heavily, and people that are learning are forgetting that this person that is teaching you have like different lighting equipment, the most expensive camera lens, and this thing photographs beautifully. But when you take that away, what does it look like in real life? That's the part people don't think about, right? Right, mm-hmm. 
you know. So even when I have my students come over, because the way I the way I do my um one on one, I allow them to do like a full look first, and literally it's an Instagram makeup they do, like that heavy finish. And when I ask them, is there a reason? And they're like, oh, that is the way this person did it. And I'm like, but this lady's gonna be walking down the aisle. She cannot look like this in person. Like, there's no correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. I've never seen a bride walk down the aisle with the ring light in front of her. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> people like, no, that is it's, it's like, and people that are taking the bride pictures. They're not going to be editing those photos. The way they saw the bride is how they're going to take that picture and put it all over Instagram. So you yeah. can't be basing your finished product to only how it should look on camera. Yeah. Right. So Absolutely. That's really why when I'm teaching, I always say think about those two things, how it looks like in real life and how it looks like in camera. On camera, yeah. or that way you can't go wrong with your application. If you, you're thinking, hey, so that finished work that you put on and everybody goes crazy, oh my God, you're my model, you're my this, you're my that, you just end up being on Instagram forever. You're not very hired to do anything that involves real life situations. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's right. Do you, what? Do you find... Do you have some brides that, um, and I know you talked about how some, you know, don't want you to do their traditional wedding or whatever, but do you ever come across brides who say they, you know, they want their makeup to look like what they see on Instagram? Of course. I don't, I never ask you to perform a service that they want. So I would never, I can obviously give my professional opinion. But I wouldn't go to a client's hotel and like, nope, you have to do it this way because this is the joy way. Mm-hmm. I would never do that. I've had brides, you know, tell me they want, you know, the thicker eyebrows, they want these, like, do you make the contour darker or something? Obviously, I would sort of like, you know, you know it's going to look like this. Why don't we do it this way? There are ways I can talk them out, but I would never, right. ever you know, um, insist they go with something because I think it's the right way. Because at the end of the day, they're used to to doing something in a a, um, set way. So I'm not there Mm -hmm. to change it. As I said, I can offer a professional opinion, but I would not Mm -hmm. show my opinion down anybody's throat because I have to respect them as an individual. And that's what they want. That's what they're paying for. So why not? Right, right, right. Joy, what, in your opinion, in your opinion, what makes a great makeup artist? Um, I think a makeup, a, a great makeup artist, first of all, should be able to work on all ethnicities and skin tones, have mm-hmm. the right in their kit, be able to understand you know, the basic color theory, working with undertones, that is like, uh, that is what a good makeup artist And what makes a great all-over makeup artist is not just your skill, how you carry yourself, how you present yourself, you know, because you can be amazing at your craft, but people might not like your personality or you're rude in person or something. So, yes, 
having the talent, having the skill is amazing, but we shouldn't forget about having good customer service, having good work ethics, you know, hygiene, mm-hmm. you know, um, just being a, a good all-rounder when it comes to the business side of makeup and just carrying yourself um, properly wherever you go or because I've heard some, you know, not too good stories of, you know, makeup artists that are rude or, you know, just this funny story. But I just feel talent, yes, is good. But don't forget mm-hmm. about the side of makeup artistry, which involves the business side, you know, handling your business, your contracts, and just carrying yourself in a professional manner. Absolutely. Let me just backtrack just a little bit. Um, but how has COVID nineteen changed the way you do business? Oh God! First of all, I think everyone by this time must have modified their contract by now. <laughs> <laughs> Especially the part that says unforeseen circumstances. Right. <laughs> I don't think anybody saw this particular circumstance happening. So right. Uh, Yes, it did affect. I'll, I'll be shocked if it didn't affect anybody, but it did affect me this time because obviously um, when's the most, and those were the things that were not happening anymore. Right. Really. Um, so one of the first things I started doing, I think when they announced the lockdown, I think it was on a Friday or a Saturday, I can't remember the actual date, but by Monday, I and my team got together and we were like, you know what, the whole world is, I think they said it, like the whole world, just watch it, the whole world is about to go virtual. And before you could say Jack Robinson, they were right. So everything just went virtual, like all my consultations, my one-on-ones, everything just went, you know, virtual. But other good thing about it was a lot of things I was putting on the back because I was so busy with my clients now to do them and one of them was my brand, my beauty line I've been working on but I kept on giving this excuses or I'm so busy or I have a client this day, Um, I'm not going to have time and everything so yes, in terms of um, my bridal job, that's suffered uh, a whole lot. I think that was like the one that was hit the most. So it made me bring everything I was putting on the back burner to bring it to life again and just concentrate Mm -hmm. on doing it. So for that, I'm almost grateful because I'm sure if this didn't happen, I would have still be procrastinating, like, okay, let's give it maybe after wedding season or after this, after Christmas. Um, believe it or not, my beauty brand has been ready since November last year. Mm. But that procrastination did to me. I just kept on putting it behind, like, you know, let's, maybe next month, maybe this month, maybe this month, and it just went on and on. So... Um, that's how I've played it, basically. And obviously, just taking time to spend with my family, that was a good yeah. one. Yeah, that was... I don't think I've been locked up with my family for this long. But <laughs> I was I enjoyed with the family. Um, you can put a bit of strain on me, though, because now you have to 
um, go back and to the drawing board like, oh my God, I've never had to cook three and stuff like that, you know. Um, and the kids trying to obviously because of their kids, so attention span um, <laughs> is very limited, and trying to be like the teacher. Oh, good, but yeah, <laughs> let's just put it that way. <laughs> So let's let's talk about by joy if you can a little bit. Of course. What inspired you? Um, I'll start with probably um the lashes because I don't want to say too much because the okay. sex beauty product is actually ready, but I don't want to talk too much about that one. Um, okay. Let's start with the lashes. Why lashes? Because. Like when you say lashes, we go on Google and type lashes. That's like a million lashes. <laughs> but one thing I noticed, if I needed to do a glam look, it's so easy to get a lash. But yeah. if I wanted to do something that was quite, and again, a lot of the kind of clients I tend, I have to literally preach to them about having some kind of lashes on their day. Mm-hmm. So trying to get um, those pared-down lashes, and not just pared-down lashes, to suit the different types of eye shapes. Because I just noticed that many of the lashes that are being released just almost suit people that have got big eyes only. Yeah. so huge. They are long. There's one that's like 25. Is this 25? Yep. Well, like, oh, 25, are you flying or something? I'm not right. sure what's going on. <laughs> you know? But when you're working at office, you do know that everybody does not have big eyes. You know, we've mm-hmm. got set eyes, we've got white set eyes, we've got small eyes, we've got big eyes, we've got, you know, eyes that have got hoods and so many kind of eye shapes. But the market was almost catering to specific eye shapes. That was when mm-hmm. the wheel just started turning in my head like you know what what is wrong with bringing out lashes that you know the like my four lashes they have four completely different shapes mm-hmm. and them after flowers um so like mm-hmm. the first one is called baby's breath and that one is like yeah. my natural pair so those are for like uh-huh. brides that don't really like lashes that you have to sort of almost sell like yeah. my you know at least for pictures, to look nice, just that little thing that was just, uh uh-huh. So those were um, people that were um, manufactured for. And because they are so they can be, you can cut them to suit any kind of eye shape. Mm-hmm. And I've got one for, like, um, close, um, close-set eyes, and those are the ones that has that almost like a cat eye shape to give the mm-hmm. illusion or that your eyes are wide, but even if they are closed-set eyes, but it does give, but the lashes are literally geared towards the eye shapes that we are not really catering for, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was the idea when I wanted to get the lashes. Like, if I needed some eye shape um, lashes, I would, like, I'm on Google trying to find out, okay, where can I get this lens? Where can I get this particular shape? Because it's just becoming a bit tiring, to be honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. so when I 
decided to have my brand, I'm like, you know what? I'm not doing them 25 p.m. lashes. I just want something to keep her to the kind of clients I tend to book. Um, right. I, yeah, that's where I am with my lashes. I'm going to expand, but at the moment, the first four are um, the, the shapes that I tend to work the most with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's nice. That's nice. Thank you. Absolutely. Yes, when do you plan to release those? Uh, next week, July. Oh, nice. Um, okay. Yeah, the thing with me, and I'm probably driving my agency mad, I'm very, um, I'm one of those people that if something is, if something has to be done, it has to be done well. Mm-hmm. Um, right. like, even when the lashes were done, the first box I got, I immediately hated it. I'm like, because I realized that when I see people that have lashes, they normally bring it out from like their cupboard. But I'm like, why don't I have like a box that will actually sit on the table, not inside the cupboard? Mm-hmm. That was why I'm like, you know, aside the lashes, I think I want a pretty box. Like where the lashes yeah. are. I, I want it to look pretty. Many, and, it, and when you watch people, they just bring out the lashes from somewhere hidden. It's never on the table. So I just thought, why don't I just, you know, just an additional thing. Just let's make it pretty. Let's not get like a standard box that will sit inside someone's locker. Like a box where you're happy to put it on the table, not locked away inside the cupboard. I'm just telling you this is literally how I think. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. So um, the box. Obviously, the lashes were ready. Then the box now took additional time again to fine tune because I was really fussy with that. So at the moment, it's just literally the website that I'm finishing off on. Then they'll be ready to go. So I'm hoping um, by first week in July, um, it should be live. Awesome. Nice. I'm excited. Um, <clears throat> oh, the question I want to ask you about uh, your lashes, will you be selling uh, your brand internationally? Of course I would. Because I, 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 I have to go check my analytics to know where my um, target market and yeah, I, I have to sell to at least the areas where my target markets are the highest, so not just the UK. Um, so definitely there'll be international shipping available. Okay. Nice, nice. So let's let's touch on something that we haven't talked about, and that's your photography. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think we hadn't noticed. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, when did you start your photography? Um, and what and what inspired you? Oh God, that's so easy to tell you. I got tired of chasing photographers. <laughs> oh, I'm sure every single makeup artist has a story regarding chasing. Yes. And yes. I just realized that we're getting even more rude. And, and I think as at the time I started, because 
I've been in the industry for close to 10 years. So obviously, we didn't have iPhone 7, and I, so the camera quality then was really bad. So we're almost mm -hmm. at the of the photographer for pictures, like good pictures, you know. And I just found it weird that on the day, they would be so nice, chatty, lovely. Then the following week, they're like, who this? And that thing was just so annoying. So I think uh, I just snapped one day to the hospital because I think I walked on this extremely pretty bride. I was literally ready to sell my soul to the photographer for the picture. And wow, <laughs> the guy just, <laughs> he just, he just, let's just, he just booms me like, he kept on posting me, don't worry, I'll send it tomorrow. This wedding, we're talking about a wedding that happened almost five years ago to today. I did not get any pictures. Wow. So, yeah, and I noticed I was having, and even apart from that, apart from even the weddings, you know, I, I like to do model tests as well. The photographers, they would not let me choose what pictures I wanted. They would just choose anything they like. And mm -hmm. most times, choose an image that does not even show your work properly exactly you know, so I just got because I'm like I'm trying to sell my market here so if I can't get good bridal I can't get so what is the other way out you know then I also that noticing that a couple of makeup artists have started photographing their work you know so we're having like people like Renee and um, Myrix, Jordan so that was when I started thinking, like, I don't think there's a um, law that says a makeup artist can't take nope. a professional picture of her work. Because at the end of the day, it's my work and mm -hmm. my camera. So there's no law that says I can't do that. So um, I just, I think I contacted a couple of photographers um, that I was friendly with just for advice on the right um, camera to buy the equipment and it's one of those things that I think probably thinking about is now I bought my equipment out of anger because if I wasn't angry I wouldn't have gone for like the most expensive equipment in the <laughs> 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 I was so angry that day <laughs> so many photographers owing me pictures and I was just thinking, like, what is going on? How can I have almost seven photographers that I'm literally begging to send me pictures? So it's more of that thinking of, I'm going to show you, I'm going to get my equipment, my own this, my own that. You know, obviously the gear arrived, and I was like, what next? How am I supposed to switch this on? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, um, I think I was able to get a photographer, um, Kevin, that's his name, a very good friend of mine. So bless him. He came to me and did like a little mini class. And the rest, to be fair, I just learned on the job. So when I go for like a wedding, I just, and I've got four eyes. So I was stylish to be looking at the photographer to see what he's doing with his equipment. <laughs> and so, like, almost like makeup you just learn as we go along there's no way you can't um especially um with the way i shoot i tend to shoot in manual which is one of the, the most um difficult parts of photography to learn because most yeah. Of yeah auto and just you know shoot but with man 
control like the lighting you can control you know how you want um just to look and that was the one I wanted so that took me a longer time to learn I think the only thing I couldn't bring myself to do was the editing so yeah over here the editing oh my god I tried to learn it I'm like I I can't this is a lot I don't have I don't have the patience for this so um (laughs) I try to give my students because I tell people as much as editing is beautiful don't forget if you give the retoucher um a beauty shot that has so much retouching to do you're going to pay more so make sure that image is almost close to flawless and you will have to pay yep. so for retouching. That is literally right. like, even the people that retouch my work, most times they actually remind me with a comment like, oh my God, like I love the way you've done the skin. For a retoucher to be telling you that, girl, you have to even pat your own self on the back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so even when I say, because people are always asking me, oh, who did your retouching? I said, why are you guys so, you know, you do realize that editing to look like that, you would have done your own work as well. Like, I didn't shoot, and the editor just made it like that. Like, you have, like editors cannot, like, for example, let's talk about even, like, eyebrows or something. They cannot magically change the shape of the eyebrows or something. That is your work. The blending, the everything. And I don't know whether you notice my images. You can see the pores of my images. Mm-hmm. I don't like that um, almost poreless finish or something I'm like no I yeah, I'm not a big fan like please keep my work refine it but I still want to know that I did the makeup of this work not like I just I didn't even do the makeup I just took a picture and just sent it to the researcher and I was I also even teach my students and I teach them that look just don't be on the mercy um, of photographers learn how to take pictures of your own work as well and again, when I started learning about things like, and this is another business of makeup that took me longer to grasp, which is copyright. So owning your images, you don't understand the importance of that as well, because those photographers you're chasing, you still need their permission before you can do anything with those images. That is one That's thing. Right. It's depending on photographers and other people to take pictures of your work. Um, you can't just use their work for anything. You have to go back. You, can, you have to keep going back for permission, for permission, for permission. But once you take these pictures yourself, you only need the permission of the model. You don't have to go and meet, like, how many people. So That's right. I, I own my images. I own, Okay, let me give you an example. I, was on, I forgot what I was looking for on Google, and I just saw my image on one random website being used to market something. All I had to do was actually contact Google as the copyright owner and they pulled out that picture out. If I didn't own the mm-hmm. image, would I have been able to do that? No. Right. right to your images, that still goes a long way of protecting your brand. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, most people don't talk about that, but I'm like, it's, I just like the fact that when I shoot my work, I, I, I like the fact that I own the copyright. Um, to be mm-hmm. my intellectual property, you know, you can't just, you know, you can sue people for using it without your permission or something, you know. But once you see the images being used by somebody else, if the photographer sues, 
you're not going to get any money out of that. Even if you did the makeup, everything goes to the photographer. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have to literally give you written permission to be able to, you know, uh, if you wanted to enlarge the, the photo. I mean, you need yeah. permission from the photographer to do it. You need, even most, even most times when I'm on, um, on these Facebook groups, you see people complaining about I'm like, you guys, go and get a sunny camera. Like, it's even, like, those little, is it eight, 300 or something? Those are, like, point-and-shoot cameras. They're really cute. Mm-hmm. And just take the pictures yourself so you're not at the mercy of somebody else. You know, so I have to thank people right. like Myrix and Renee, you know, for because they are the ones that inspired me to just start shooting my own work. And when you shoot yeah. your own work, you can shoot in a way that you know which part of the work is going to sell your skill. Right. Photographer picks and it's selling him as a photographer because of the lighting, the posing. I don't need the posing of anybody. I just want to see the makeup. Right. And I'm like, why is she facing the other way? I can't even see her face. <laughs> and I'm trying to like, so you see the body movement, it speaks to your soul. I'm like, I don't care about the soul. I just want my makeup to show. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, good. No, but it's the truth. I'm just giving you real life situations. I'm one of the yes. reasons why I snapped that day. I'm like, you know what? I'm going on Canon website. I'm buying the most expensive lens. I've had it. Like, I've literally had it with these men and women that are just doing so much with this um, um, photography thing. But, yeah, in a nutshell, that's my journey of uh, photography. <laughs> well, it's funny because Janice and I pretty much have the same story. We started... Um, you know, we started with photography simply for the same reasons, you know, we couldn't get the photos of our work and especially being in film and television, you know, there's always like a promotional shoot where they, you know, they do this big shoot for the show or the movie. And of course, when the, when the photos come out, you see them on billboards all over the place and, you know, the actors get their photos and they're posting them and they're beautiful photos, but yet we don't have access to them and it's hard getting this stuff from the studios and then wow. when when the studio when they release the photos let's just say in marketing materials or on Instagram or whatever it's like okay now I've got to go screenshot um, wow. the studios Instagram no you don't want to do that I want the actual photos so you know we went out we brought cameras and we take our own photos yeah but I, I'm trying to understand why is this so Difficult to just send it. I'm, I, I, I have no idea. 2020, because even some of them I work with, I actually ask them, like, but why? Seriously, why is it so difficult to just send it? Like, why do I have to beg? <laughs> and to date, oh, I haven't yeah. got any explanation. So if any <laughs> photographers are watching, I, I, I want to know why. Like, what is the reason why when we beg for um, photographs, you don't like to give it out? So, yeah, I'm still about to today. No one has answered that question. So if you guys get anyone that will answer that question. Right. No, they can't answer that question. I don't, I don't, I just don't get it. But, it's, <laughs> you know, because some people just want to be able to control it. 
and where it where it goes and where you see it and 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 want them wanting I feel like them wanting to be the ones to get all the credit for it. But yet, yeah. if it wasn't for your if it wasn't for your beautiful makeup and for the hairstylist's beautiful hair work or the uh-huh. the, the you know the, the person who's dressing the client, you know, uh, if it wasn't for all of that to help create a beautiful subject for you to shoot, you know, you would just have just have a picture with no life, but yet the rest of us can't take part in it and, and be able to have that to be able to show as well. You know, we want to be able to promote ourselves as artists and put it on our websites and same thing that you're doing as the photographer. Because at the end of the day, yeah. it's a collaborative effort. So, yeah. yeah. Something else. <laughs> It's really something. Um, I think it was, was it last week or the week before? But my sister and I had the opportunity to be on a panel um, where we talked about the black makeup artist's experience. And we shared so many experiences um, that we've, you know, um, so many things that we've experienced over the years in regards to race and racism in, you know, the beauty industry. Um, And for us, it's beauty and entertainment because, you know, we work in film and TV. And a lot of, a lot of great conversation came out of that, um, that panel. And so we just wanted to kind of talk to you about that a little bit, just to see um, what your take on it is, and if you've even had, you know, very similar um, experiences. I believe my sister uh, had a question. About yeah, that. yeah. I, I I noticed on your Instagram. I saw something on your Instagram, and I I wanted to read it because when I saw it, I was like, OMG! You know, it was the perfect thing to uh, to talk about. But it it says your name sounds too African. Oh, yeah. I was advised at the beginning of my career to change my name to something more English to get a shot at mainstream media. My portfolio then had 90% white models than black models. The school I trained with used only a white model during my course. I refused, and, well, none of my emails to some well-known media houses were returned. I would call to check my emails were received, and they were indeed received. One of the editors I thought I was lucky to speak with asked, what country do you originate from? Your portfolio and name do not match. True. And there's so much in that statement <laughs> that we can pull out and talk about. You know, like, the funny thing, um, when I, when I, I, I you know, I think at the beginning of my career, because I'm not that kind of person that if a door closes, in my face, I automatically think is the color of my skin. So a mm-hmm. lot of things that happened to me at the beginning, I didn't read much. I just thought it's like beginner's bad luck or something. But it wasn't until this whole Black Lives Matter movement, mm-hmm. and now a lot of things that are coming back to me, and it's now like, oh my god. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, the reason like this was the reason so and I won't lie that week I put up that post my spirit was quite low because just 
the memories just uh, there was so many uh, believe me there were like more than 10 posts I had planned to put up I just thought you know what let, I think the name should just tell you of where I'm coming from because it wasn't easy especially knowing fully well I started as a makeup artist working on just only Caucasian skin the only black skin I could work on them was mine because I trained yeah. in a white skin so when I left the academy, I could only work on a white person. Mm-hmm. You know, my portfolio, everything. Like I had to even go extra miles to learn how to work on um, deeper skin tones. I actually went to learn from other makeup artists, like how do I, you know, work on a um, um, really deep complexion or something because I wanted to be mm-hmm. an all-rounder. In my head then, I just thought I could work on all skin type. Like I couldn't have a better position as this. But apparently, mm-hmm. I'm not that thought so because no matter how much I tried, oh, maybe the black uh, models is a bit too much. You want to tone it down. These are from, these are from like industry experts, um, photographers that were telling me, as in, I work with this magazine and everything. Um, it was the same person that did advise me, like, Joy, like, so what's going to be your business? Because I was, I, I told the person that I want to go and register my business now. I finished from school because I don't, I, then I didn't know much about tax. I didn't know that you have to actually start earning a certain amount of money before you start paying tax. My head then is like, oh my God, as soon as I register, I'll have to pay tax next week. So I was like, let me wait till I'm earning <laughs> money. So I think I might have just mentioned that I'm ready to go register the business. You know, and he was like, okay, so what name are you going to use? And I'm like, my name, Joy, because <laughs> I was married then, Joy Adenuga, because I don't know, I wanted to use like an alias, but I just, I don't know, all the alias just sounded corny to me. Um, I wanted to stick with my name, and he was like, oh, I don't think that's a good idea. Um, just, I don't know, do you have like a middle name that is English you could use? I'm like, my middle name is a native Nigerian name as well. Um, but at that time, because I had so much faith in my skill, I didn't think it was a big deal. That was just the funny thing. Because I was so confident, like, don't worry about this feet, I can walk on all skin type, I can do that. My name would be the least seen on their minds. How wrong was that? Because it's your name they see before they even see your skill or see your talent or see anything they want to see. And I won't lie, once I received that email, I think that was when I realized that makeup was my passion because if it wasn't, that was enough to kill my spirit. Especially when I had put everything I had into training, into working so hard, like, I was literally doing free work, free photo shoots, free everything for almost a year. Like, my first, what I, what I might even say one year, like almost two years. Then somebody tells me, like, all that hard work I've done does not match my name because my name is African or my name sounds like, where, do, where did I come from? Um, yeah. And I think at that point was when I decided that, you know what, I think I'm just going to give the editorial world a miss at this point. 
because I was just tired of trying to prove myself. And that was when I slowly started coming into bridal. Because I'm like, you know what? Let me just work on my fellow black sisters because I can't. I don't know what else I can do aside getting a microphone and standing in, I don't know, Times Square and streaming. I can work on all skin tones. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was it. It, it. it wasn't an easy journey because no matter how good I was, obviously then I just thought, as I said, it was just beginner's bad luck, but it wasn't until. That's why I, I actually get upset when people put, on Instagram, under people's posts, why are you speaking about it now? It's like, mm-hmm. at that point, because it, it, sometimes it doesn't even click, as I said, I don't use my skin color as a, as a reason why some doors are shut in my face. I don't auto, auto, automatically think, oh, I didn't get it because right. I'm black. I don't have that kind of mentality. Right. It's more like right. I didn't get it because maybe I didn't pitch myself or, um, they they got somebody that was better than myself. Like at that point, that was not the kind of things I was thinking about. But it was not until recently, with this whole thing that happened, my memory just went. My memory, literally, I was going refreshing, refresh memory, refresh. Memory, just thinking about a lot of things I experienced, even on set with some photographers and some snide remarks they made. Like, those things are just coming back. And I was like, oh, my God. So that was the reason why a lot of these things happened. And I had to mentally pick myself up because if you keep dwelling on memories like that, it does have an impact on your mental health. I won't lie. And I had to almost hold myself from going into that little black hole just thinking about these bad memories and like, oh my god, oh my god, like I was, I was like almost two days. I was, I don't think I was myself because just the 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 thought of all those things I went through and the reminder, like, so this was the reason. Oh my god, how dare she? How dare he? Oh my god, I can't believe I'm gonna call him out. I'm gonna call her out, you know. And that whole oh, should I? Should I not? Should I? I, I just shut down at one point, like, you know what, Joy, you need to now almost psychologically bring yourself up. You can't allow these people to, you know, drain you of any positivity. Because it, it was doing that. I, I think I haven't put up a post on my Insta story. I just put, I think I just wrote, I am tired. If you know how loaded mm. the was, like, well, from the place I wrote that statement, I've been shocked. I, I won't lie. I was like, I didn't want to look at any makeup. Like, you know what? I'm done. Like, these people, like, how dare you? You were so rude to me. You were so this to me. You were so that. So I had to, well, with the help, because my husband could see my moods then. You know, he spoke to me and everything. So I had to physically and mentally just bring myself back. Like, you know what? You made it to this level without these people's help. So just keep pushing. You know, and that is what makes me almost confident that what has kept me this far is not just my talent, but because I have the amount of passion I have for my work is bigger than I thought it was. I knew I had passion, but I didn't know it was that big because when I think of the things I've been through, it's enough for me to have quit this industry a long time ago. Mm-hmm. 
So it literally just validated that that I'm still here because I I'm I'm not doing this because of somebody's um um approval or something. I'm doing it because I genuinely like it brings me joy, you know, to paint somebody's face. It brings me peace. Like I'm I'm at my happiest, obviously outside my family. I'm at, <laughs> some models will tell you like when Joy is doing makeup, you can tell she's in heaven. With the way I am, so <laughs> this whole thing just validated the, the the fact that I absolutely love what I do. So that's my story on that. Nice. nice. Wow. You know, I think one of the issues that I find is. Um, I remember you saying, you know, when you went when you started in makeup and you went to school, you know, it was very similar, I guess, to, for both my sister and I. When when we were in school, we we worked on a lot of, you know, Caucasian uh, students and people. And then when when I got out of school and started doing makeup jobs, I was doing most of my jobs were on Caucasian people, and so. I had to go out and build a kit um, to reflect more than that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to build a kit to reflect that so that way whenever I got a job, I had the I had the colors in my kit to be able to do any skin tone. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, when you, when you first become a makeup artist and you're practicing, you're practicing on your friends, your family, so you're touching the darker skin tones. Uh, but when you're in school, most of the time you're learning on the the lighter skin tones. And yeah. then, um, but you know, when you start doing jobs where you're just doing black women, black skin, mm-hmm. um, sometimes you get labeled as an artist who who you get labeled as a black makeup artist. I mean, there's one Yeah, and there's one of the things that um, I shared during the panel is like, I'm a makeup artist who happens to be black, but Mm -hmm. I'm not a black makeup artist. And, you know, sometimes when people label you as such, then that's the only jobs that come your way. So I remember when you were saying, you know, you'll, you'll get a model and you'll, you know, do somebody else so you can show that mm-hmm. you can do everybody. And yeah. it's, it's, I, think it's, I think it's sad that we have to always prove. Yep. We're always proving that we can do more and we can do this and we can do that, you know, where, you know, our white sisters and brothers who are artists, um, they, they don't have to do that. And nope. not to say that, not to say that they all can't, they, they, they don't do more than a white makeup, but some of them only do white skin tones. And, you know, and, but you sometimes see them getting the jobs where there's people of color there. And, but, you know, but their kit reflects only white, you know, white clientele. And yeah. sometimes it's like we, we get passed up for jobs that we're qualified for, um, because of that, because of our our skin, you know, they don't look at our resume; they look at our skin. Um, yeah. And so, you know, so it's 
is rough. And, you know, a lot of times you have to always prove that, hey, I, you know, I'm, I'm more than this and I'm more than that. So it's, it's just kind of frustrating. It is. I will lie. At one point, I stopped it because um, clubs were not coming. And I was like, I constantly, anytime I would do my normal jobs with my, you know, black clients, then if I have to do model testing, I will get a white model instead of a black model just to balance it. But at one point, after a couple of years, I just stopped it. Like, I'm like, the jobs are not coming in. So what, what, what am I doing this for? What's the point? Like, what is the point? So, yeah, I think at one point it gets draining, always having to prove yourself all the time. It does, yeah, it does, it does drain, it does drain you. So I just stopped it, you know. um, But I've been lucky. Now, this is the part that's funny. Um, Most jobs, non-bridal, have been booked to work on multiple of people that different races, I've always found that, that the director is black. Mm-hmm. So the director will give me the benefit of doubt or will, go, will actually go on my website and book me based on that, not because of anything. But most times, <laughs> if it's like a white director, I'm just talking of my own experience because there's this particular company I worked with. Once they change the director, they change the makeup right. artist. Makeup artist. But I was more than happy because the, the, I was shooting with like a group of people and there were different skin tones. It was an Indian um, a model. There was, well, I won't say model because I was working with like members of the public for a particular show. There was mm-hmm. Indian, there was, a, um, there was a Chinese, there was normal black person. There was literally a very pale um, um, skin model, like red hair, beautiful freckles and everything. And I worked on them without, you know, break it out into a sweat and I, I was job like three, four, five times. But as soon as they changed the director to white, that was the last time I, I, I worked on that on that program. Mm. Because I, I, I actually went out of my way because I didn't want to believe what my mind was telling me that is because I'm suspecting they've changed him to like a white to a white director. And I wasn't wrong. They changed the white director and yeah, and this world is so small because I had to work on one of the models she booked to do her bridal makeup, and that's the one that now told everything that was going on, how the makeup artist came. Like the next day of filming, she had to come with her own foundation because they couldn't match her properly. Oh you wow! Know, because it's it's a small world. Like, because you can imagine how would I have known that I'll be working with one of the this thing on her wedding day. So that one now literally failed the whole thing for me and told me how they struggled with the lady that they brought in to replace me. She couldn't work on a lot right. of that. She could only work with the paler um, um, people and the people of color. So, there you go. But I think at that point, I was beyond getting offended anymore. I'm like, you know what? It mm-hmm. is what it is. Life goes on. Like, <laughs> I have getting offended like right. that. Again, because it happens so much, so it doesn't really bother me again. Obviously, I'm peeved that I've lost that. I'm more peeved about the money I've lost, to be honest with you, than the mm-hmm. whole thing. Like, oh, my God, this was like a nice source of income then. But what can I do? Just hustle to get something to replace it. But it is what it is. I'm just hoping yeah. to God 
that this whole Black Lives Matter doesn't just end end of June. By July, we are back to where we started. <laughs> right. You exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Because it was mm-hmm. picking up You're right. everything, doing their beat and everything. And I'm like, as much as I'm happy, but I'm like, I hope there's a genuine change and not just a black box just to belong. And like, oh, mm-hmm. we black box, we, 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 that is our allegiance or something. So I'm hoping there's like a, a genuine shift, which is not just, I think they just need women of color everywhere, not just at the top management, the people that are your advertising team, your diverse, like how can you have a diversity division that is full of just Caucasian people? I'm sorry, can somebody explain that to me? Right. right. That part, you know, <laughs> It's to be diverse everywhere. You know, your PR firm, your top management, mm-hmm. you know, everywhere. Not just, oh, this part is only for black people. Like, it should be a meeting of different minds, not just black people or only white. So I don't, that whole um, divide, I, I don't know where it's coming from, seriously. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I was just thinking that same thing uh, yesterday. I was like, I really hope that this is going to go on forever and not, you know, stop after things calm down or what have you, you know, and people just forget about it. Cause I, my thing is like, you know, now that we have your attention and now that we're speaking up and bringing up all this stuff, you all want to hear what we have to say. You want to know our, about our, our experiences. So my question now is what next, now that you're getting the information, you're hearing us talk about it what are you going to do with this information? Now, a lot of people have promised things, and we're going to add a certain number of blacks to, you know, this part of our staff. We're going to do this, and we're going to do that. So, one, let us see you do what you say you're going to do, and then, two, what's going to happen beyond that? How are you going to move forward beyond that? Because it has to be an ongoing thing, not just something to make us feel good. Yep. Because and yeah. and something I'm gonna to touch, which a lot of people are not talking about. Um, I didn't want to be, you know, there's this thing where if you talk too much, you're being labelled as the angry black woman or the aggressor. Right. Even our own right. people that are lucky to go into mainstream and forget where they are coming from. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether, I'm not sure whether people notice that they are actually black women that are lucky and they go in and because they want to please the their white co- colleagues, they forget about us. They don't try to bring us in. It's more like, I've made it, that's it, girl, bye, or something. And we do have people like that, and I think that's really wrong. Like, you've been mm-hmm. fortunate, you've, you've made it, like, we are happy for you, sister. You know, why don't you just, you know, help your sister out? You're in a position where you can make a decision to bring in a company that is black, or if it's a product mm-hmm. black or something else, you know, but you go, you go there and you just want to be, should I just say like the token black person? You want to be the only black person there so that you're just, you know, the, I, I, I don't get that way of thinking. Because that's right. something that, that um, it's quite distressing to see. But I'm not sure whether I'm the only one that notices that. Oh, no. <laughs> You're not the only one. At all. So, as you said, I'm trying to 
thought that um, it, as I said earlier, it doesn't end this week, first of July. We are back. Mm-hmm. hmm Yeah, it remains to be seen. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, we are uh, working on putting together a series of conversations about this whole um, thing after we did the panel we were like, we have to continue the conversation. And so we're putting together like um, a series of episodes where we're going to just talk about it, but we're going to, um, we're bringing in guests from different areas of beauty and entertainment. We're going to have a, a publicist on, we're going to have like some brands on, we're going to have, um, you know, different artists, hair, makeup coming in and, and talking about it, you know, from different perspectives, you know, in different parts of the industry. Because, yeah. um, you know, my like my sister and I, over the years, we've seen a lot of things um, in, in in the film and television world. But, you know, we want to hear from people who, you know, who, who are editorial artists or who work in fashion, you know, because people are experiencing it in just different ways and have experienced it. Um, a lot of times when you have experienced it, you you can't always come up and say, hey, this person is racist. You know, you have to be able to prove that kind of stuff. And and sometimes, you know, you have to kind of pick and choose your battles. Like sometimes you just you just write it off and just keep it moving, mm. you know. But when you begin to see things continuing to happen all the time, then you have to stop and wonder, like, okay, what is this? Mm. You know, where is this coming from and what is it? So, we're going to be continuing the conversation, um, you know, and just listening to what you're saying, it just goes to show and it proves that this is not just something that is just happening in the U.S., you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's all over the world. Yep. All over the world. So it's interesting. Very, yeah. very interesting. Well, Joy, I know it's getting, I know it's already late where you are, so I just will have one last quick question for you. This is something that we ask all of our guests, but what is your definition of beauty? Mm. That's a simple but deep um, (laughs) question. (laughs) My definition of beauty. Hmm. How many minutes do I have to think? (laughs) (laughs) Take as long as you need. Take as long as you need. (laughs) Oh my god. Um I think with beauty, I don't I know there's this saying that um beauty is in the eye of the beholder and all that. I just feel with beauty, beauty encompasses a lot of things. You could have like a beautiful mind. There could be just mm-hmm. something beautiful about you as a person, not necessarily your facial features. Think beauty, that's literally the first thing that comes to your head when we're talking about somebody's face or something. But with beauty, I just think right. it encompasses everything um, with the person. When I tell somebody is beautiful, like it's just everything about that person, you know, the way she handles herself, um, the way she carries herself, the way her mind thinks. So mm-hmm. the way it's just about being, oh, I'm looking for a word. What what word am I going to use? In, you know when you have something in your mind, but you can't put it into words? 
that is literally what my problem is right now. Trying to put what I'm trying to say um, into words. It's almost like you were comfortable within yourself. Everything about you. Um, yeah. You appreciate as a person, not just because you've got amazing features. Even if you've not got amazing features, you've got pimple or something. You love the pimple. You're like, you know what? I've got pimple. And so what? You understand? Mm-hmm. Like, just this feeling about yourself, everything about you, this confidence. Um, that's what makes somebody beautiful to me. Right. Absolutely. I totally agree. Absolutely. Well, Joy, it has been a pleasure, an absolute pleasure. I could I could just sit and talk and talk, but I, I just realized, you know, we've been on for over an hour, and I know it's late, so I don't want to – I'm just trying to be conscious of your time. <laughs> we still have a lot of daytime left here, so um, – <laughs> But we do appreciate you coming on. I really do greatly appreciate it. I'm was excited yeah, to get you on. And I excited. To, we were excited when we met you. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so we're excited to get you on. Um, this has been great. Um, and we definitely have to do it again. We definitely have to do it again. Uh, when you when you launch those products. Um, let us know, and we'll we'll definitely make any announcements that you may have about what you're doing. And um, but we'll definitely have to get you on, and you can come back and talk about your your product brand. Thank you, Mark, Denise, and Janice. It was amazing being on here. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Greatly appreciate you. Yeah. So do have a lovely, should I say day? Because it's day here and it's night here. (laughs) (laughs) We're slowly going into the evening. Okay. Really quickly, Joy, shout out your, um, where people can find you on social media and your website and all that. Um, Just my name, Joy Adenuga is at Joy Adenuga on Instagram. My website is www.joyadenuga.com. Uh, my brand name is By Joy Adenuga. So, yeah, I think probably the name that they didn't like is literally everywhere. So, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Just Joy Adenuga. I didn't, I just <laughs> myself to get an alias or some sort of name. I just talked to my God given name. So, it's Joy Adenuga, guys. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Easy enough. We love it as it is. Yeah, thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You have a good evening. You too. Bye. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. (laughs) Thank you so much to Joy Adenuga. Um, We really appreciate her uh, joining us this evening. Um, Great conversation. Wonderful conversation. Uh, Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, Again, this broadcast, you can always go back out and check it out on the replay, but you can also um, check us out next Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time 
We're always hanging out right here on Beauty Talk, bringing you the best in beauty. So continue to hang out with us. We greatly appreciate um, you guys for your continued support. Um, You can follow us on social media. We are beauty underscore talk underscore media on Instagram. And on Twitter, we are beauty underscore talk. You can find us on Facebook at Beauty Talk Online. And then you can find both my sister and I on all social media platforms and our website by our names. I am Janice Tunnell. That's J-A-N-I-C-E-T-U-N-N-E-L-L. And my sister is Denise Tunnell. That's D-E-N-I-S-E-T-U-N-N-E-L-L. Make sure you go out there and follow us. And uh, stay tuned for um, some really great conversations we have planned coming up here on Beauty Talk. Thank you to our listeners all over the world. Um, Again, we greatly appreciate you. Keep listening. Tell a friend. And we'll meet you guys right back here next Sunday night at 9 p.m. Have a wonderful evening, everyone, and have a beautiful and blessed week. Good night. Good night.